super logical arguments that are convincing, but somehow feel like they're missing something. Welcome, my mere lights, to another round of the book reviews. My name is Karen, and I do these book reviews for those who want to transcend beyond their own mere mortality to get more of the juiciness out of the books they're reading and perhaps even do some more good with their life. And that is what we're looking at today. We have The Most Good You Can Do by Peter Singer. This book was published in 2015, and it's about 180 pages in length, so not super, super thick. And it's essentially about the philosophy of effectual altruism and doing the most good you can do in life and how you can do this. So altruism obviously is referring to donations. So it's talking about charities, how you can give to charities and what charities in particular that you should give to and what um, causes are perhaps the most good you can do. So this is really looking at the effective part of the altruism. So there we go. <laughs> the, this takes the form in the book of personal choices. So it talks, for example, about maybe what sort of job you could do that would be the most beneficial to, I suppose, humankind. And we'll, we'll talk about the, the value judgment shortly. You can talk about the donation recipients. So which charities are the most effective, which do the most good and which causes in particular. You can talk about even volunteering and even donating body parts. So there's lots of examples thrown throughout the book of how you can be an effective altruist, i.e. do the most good you can do. This is based, I suppose, in the philosophy of utilitarianism. So it's really looking at numbers wise comparing things so if you've heard of the trolley problem for example of you know one person on the tracks versus five persons on the tracks do you pull the lever to um, save the five people and you know have the train run over the one person most of the people who have follow effective altruism would say yes that's a good decision to make more lives have been saved so if you're wondering like in a general sense what sort of philosophy it is it's more inclined towards that it's also talking about morals, though, and animal rights and climate change existentialism. So it covers a, a vast range, I suppose, of moral and ethical principles. And we'll also talk about the difference between those two. It's pretty rational. I would say mostly rational. There's not many appeals to emotion and arguments related to that. Uh, very actionable suggestions and also has a lot of anticipatory arguments, for example. So whilst you're reading the book, you might think, oh, what about this? It'll typically cover that in there as well. Uh, lots of data and then also real world examples of effective altruists doing what they're doing. So I'll talk a little bit about the author and the setup of the book before going on to the main themes. Peter Singer is a bioethics professor at Princeton, I believe, um, and he's an Aussie philosopher, hence my little Aussie garb that I've got on here. I've previously reviewed one of his books before, which was Ethics into Action, um, which was following the life of Henry Spire and the animal, animal activist rights, animal movement, animal rights movement, I suppose you'd call it. Um, and I've also read another book on this channel or done a review of Doing Good Better by William McCaskill, which was also about effective altruism. So if you want more um, info on these topics, there's some other book reviews for you to to follow the book itself is split into four sections that is this one the most good you can do effect uh, number one effective altruism what is effective altruism and a movement of mergers number two how to do the most good so living modestly to give more earning to give other ethical careers giving a part of yourself 
Part three, motivation and justification. Is love all we need? One among many, altruism and happiness. That's really talking about the, I suppose, more underlying aspects of it rather than the, the physical aspects. And then four, choosing causes and organizations. So domestic or global, difficult comparisons. There's a, there's a whole bunch of subsections right in there. So I'll, I'll read out the little tagline here just to give a finality to the synopsis. Effective altruism is based on, the, on a very simple idea. We should do the most good we can. So yeah, there you go. That's the, the book in a, in a nutshell. But let's get into some of the themes and the, the nitty gritty, the juicy stuff. So the first theme I've come up with is judging value, ethics versus morals. And what's the difference between the two? Well, it's not addressed in this book, or at least it's tangentially, but not directly looking at it. And so I did a little bit of my own, I suppose, research into this. And I guess you could say ethics are more external and community-based. I This might be something you'd find in a religion. What are the ethics of a religion? the maybe ethics of the Australian community or the ethics of fair play in a sports game or something like that. So they're more maybe like unwritten rules that, uh, and, but also including written rules of, of what someone should do and what is, what is valued. Now on the opposite end of this, or in contrast to this are morals, and these are much more internal and individual. So, I could have my own moral compass and say, and this is maybe related more to my, like how it shows up in politics for me. I might have an individual moral, morality saying, um, you know, I, I really hate waste, which is one of the things I really do hate, which might not be external and community driven like it is uh, some of ethics. So there's a difference between the two of them. And it's important just to keep these in mind because this book it has a lot of suggestions in it and most of them are related to the ethics side of things rather than the morals. So he's essentially saying in the book, Peter Singer, this is that it's better, better to donate rationally um, rather than subjectively. And you're probably going to find more rationality in the ethics sort of section um, where it's more an external community based set of rules or decisions rather than your own individual uh, morality because you're going to be a lot more emotional in that respect so he, he's arguing yeah better for widespread effectiveness um, in rather than direct in your face um, uh, impact so if you're going to donate to something it's best not to do it just for the random guy you came across on the street who um, for whatever reason, your morals said, oh, I'm going to help that person or I'm going to help that charity or cause because they're right in your face and you get that feeling of, uh, I suppose, like relief and, and gratitude and feeling like you're doing good. Rather, it's probably better to err more on the side of being a lot more critical with it, being a lot more rational, looking at the data and studies and then saying, okay, this is how I can do the most good. So there's a lot of suggestions in the book of, of how you can do this. I won't particularly go through them, um, but there's a, a couple of websites you can look at. Uh, and I suppose also on this topic is, okay, this is sort of getting something a little bit beneath, which is the wisdom of the crowd versus the individual. So why would it be better to be, why is effective altruism more leaning towards the side of the crowd and external multiple like almost like a hive mind decision rather than the individual one person their morality and 
I think I can do good because of X reason. And so, I think he was, one of the other reasons would be saying, you're going to have a lot more data um, in the sort of external one because there's a lot more people coming in and making uh, almost like decisions or the data being formed of what is more effective or what is better for the world is probably going to, well, be more inclusive because there's more people sort of taking part of this, i.e., uh, you know what's what's more better is it is it better that the we we try and reduce pollution here in the Brisbane River or is it better that we try and um, reduce poverty over in Namibia for example and you could probably just get to the point where it's like if you have enough data coming in you could start to say um you know that's more of an aesthetic decision here in brisbane it's not killing people it's not harming people the pollution in the river there are some externalities and there are bad things there's no no doubt about that but you can do more good to the world and and um and this is where the values come in again uh the values of i suppose um reducing suffering of good health for people, of living a, a better life, of um, you know even like inclusivity, if you want to put that as one of your values and things like that, they're more of a group one, and so you'd probably leaning more towards the the helping people in Namibia versus the the Brisbane River. Whereas if you're uh, an individual, you're probably going to be more concerned. Oh, you know, Brisbane is my home. I want to clean up the river and, and things like this. So. He's essentially saying, I guess, in the book that it's better to have the the more hive mind. You're going to have more data. You're going to make better decisions for in terms of trade-offs and things like that. Uh, unless, and this is where I'm adding my own little section, unless I think you've done your own research, you've really investigated a particular charity or a particular cause and you are firmly convinced this is what is best, this is how we're going to... Um, how I can do the most good, for example. And I'll read a little section here from page 51, which was saying this, moral codes of behavior often give the principle do no harm priority over the principle do the most good you can do. And then says, those who will take this view will consider it wrong to work for a corporation that is harming innocent people, even if the good that one could do uh, can then do would hugely outweigh this harm. And then he gives an example of during World War II, when uh, Churchill had this sort of plan to have spies feeding data back to the German Nazis saying, oh, yeah, your, your rockets are super accurate when they weren't particularly accurate, uh, which ended up in having more rockets falling on less densely populated parts of, of London, so more like the outer suburbs rather than the direct hits in the middle of the city, which would kill more people. And in this case, he was sort of saying, you know, the individual might say, oh, you're deciding that the life of the people in the suburbs is worth less than the people in the cities. Whereas the the collective one would be more like more lives were saved because of this. And I think they had a number in there, which was 12,000, I believe. Um, and uh, that this would save, it was estimated that this, this would save 12,000 casualties a month. So this is once again, getting to the, the, ethics i suppose the philosophy behind the ethics which is more utilitarianism let's try and save the most people there's always going to be trade-offs and we need to focus on the most good we can do rather than 
how I feel as an individual. So that's uh, one judging value right there. The next theme that I thought was relevant was doing an emphasis on real world results. So what sets apart effective altruism from just altruism, for example? So the I suppose what I came what I got out of it is there's almost like an emphasis on the directness. Now this isn't a stated uh, you know line in the sand rule of effective altruism. This is merely what I've got from reading two or three books related to this topic. Um, and this one in particular, which was, is almost like there's a here and now there's a, you're in or you're not, uh, you're, you know, the ideal is nice, but the nitty gritty practicality of everyday life dominates more in this philosophy, which is you want to see an impact. It's not, it's not about feeling good. It's about doing good. And so there's many examples of, how effective altruists behave in, uh, for example, and you could compare this to altruists and say, yeah, you know what? I think there's a difference between the two of them. So one example was a a man called Zell Kravinsky, um, who, uh, donated one of his kidneys anonymously. So this was where he just said, look, I don't care who gets the kidney. Most kidney donations are done because of family and friends trying to help out a, a loved one who was sick. But he did the research, said, you know what, this is how I could save a person's life. I can do a lot of good right here, right now. Um, and I don't need the reason of it to be a family member to do this. It'll have minimal impact to my life. The risks of the surgery going wrong are very minimal as well. I'm going to do this. So that's one example of a, an effective altruist. And there's a, a whole line of reasoning as to how he came up to this decision of why this would be one of the most effective things that he personally could do. A lot of the examples of people in this book tended to lean towards the more engineering and mathematical types, which I think also probably suggests a little bit about effective altruism in that it's, it's a lot more focused on data. It's uh, it's very data heavy. Um, there's people, for example, who would go into uh, deciding on their career paths, I'm going to go into this niche area where I can have more of an impact. Maybe it might not be the most fun job I, I personally could have, but I can do more impact because this area is underserviced and I I can make certain decisions that will do well. So there's a lot of thinking about data, I suppose, in this. And so even you could be saying, okay, but how can you can compare You know the... Uh, the life, the 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 hunger that a poor Namibian child would would feel versus the uh, helping out a homeless person in your own city, and this is where they get into even some uh, quality or um, disability adjusted life years. So this is sort of figuring out, trying to put some numbers on things which are a lot more intangible, intangible. So you know how what is like the the suffering or the amount of life years lost because uh, a child doesn't get proper nutrition in this early stage of their life versus the homeless person who might have uh, an earlier death because they're less likely to get medical attention because they're more likely to um, have mental issues which could lead towards suicide or things like this. So they do put and an emphasis on the data and there is an acknowledgement, hey, this isn't definitive. This isn't, you know, like I said, it's it's more nitty gritty. It's not 
it's not perfect, it's not ideal, but we're trying to make the world a better place and here's at least a step in the right direction. And there's a, a big focus on the data with that, um, which then I suppose translates into the doing aspect. So once you have the data, the next step is you got you got to follow it. So uh, even though it might not feel as good to donate uh, online anonymously perhaps or to these charities which maybe you're not 100% convinced on or they don't have the real impact like your mum who died of cancer or things like this but it'll do the most good and you have some data there's something something better than just feel good emotions um, to, to back that up uh, and they do this through meta websites for example so these are um, ones like give well or the life you can save where the, the website has done the the research into finding out okay which charities are the most effective um, and will get the most bang for your buck I guess so you know if I put one dollar of donation in I will get seventeen dollars of good coming out from that and and this is where once again they've they've got some metrics on how can you measure what seventeen dollars of good is you know how can I measure the the um, joy the reducing of suffering by feeding a, a small child in in namibia for example and they try and there's at least a trying on it uh, whether the metrics are 100 percent valid who knows but there's at least an acknowledgement like hey let's look at some of the data um, and they also have plenty of other sort of studies on direct donations for example so one of the interesting things i found from the book was small donors give less when they are presented with the effectiveness of their their charity versus just when there's no data because sometimes the small donor can be like oh the charity's doing well they're doing a lot of effectiveness i don't need to donate as much so i'll i'll stop um whereas sometimes it's better for them to actually not receive any data um and that'll you know make them i suppose not have the the thought process that, oh, I've done all I can, wipe my hands and walk clean. There's definitely some ethical arguments on why you could say it's better for people to be more informed and to know what's actually happening, et cetera, et cetera. But we'll, we'll leave that for there, for here. That's a, that's a whole nother argument um, going on there. So some of my own observations and takeaways before getting into the summary. The book is convincing, but it, as I mentioned right at the start, it feels like something is missing and... This would take a whole lot of time to explain. <laughs> so I'm just going to say, uh, check out my book recap at the end of the month and that'll give a, a lot more of my thoughts because I've, I've taken a whole bunch of notes. Um, I won't take up all the time in here, but there is something that feels like there's, it's, it's like a little bit missing from the arguments of effective altruism and I'm going to try and detail uh, uh, what it is there. So go check that out for more. One of the things I really appreciate was from this book was you could see that a lot of skill, time, effort, energy, and thought has been put into the writing of it and also the arguments contained within. And uh, just to highlight this, I was talking on the Mere Mortals podcast with Juan uh, recently about a donation. He said he'd made a small donation recently and I transitioned into this topic and I could tell Juan was not impressed. He uh, he doesn't particularly like the idea of effective altruism. And he was coming up with a whole bunch of arguments. And these were arguments I had in my own head whilst reading this book as well. So 
it's not just him. There's a, it seems like there is, there can be a reaction from, from people as to why effective altruism is, is not so great. Uh, anywho, most of the arguments that Juan brought up, I could instantly go, ah, Peter Singer already addressed that in this book. Like he already talked about that particular point, made a, a bunch of really convincing arguments of why that point is either not necessary or why you haven't considered this or et cetera, et cetera. So even though the, the book feels like it's missing something, I really do appreciate that he, he's put a lot of time into, to, um, I suppose, these arguments and has has obviously had these same discussions multiple times with multiple people because he knew which arguments would probably come up in the in his own reader's mind and and sort of was able to address it in the book so it was almost like you were having a, a mini conversation with peter because he would sort of anticipate your your own next move which i i, I quite enjoyed um and there's a link to to that uh, episode with juan uh, around as well I think one of the things that really my own observation takeaway is uh, I used to do pragmatic takeaways right at the end after the summary. Uh, and I've still, I stopped doing that because I was reading so many books that it was, it sort of felt shallow after a while. It was like, there's only so many pragmatic things I can do. And when I'm reading two books a week, which I was at the time, I, that it was sort of taking away from that. But one thing I, I did take from this was uh, when I had read William McCaskill's book about effective altruism, I found the arguments convincing enough to to start donating. And so I, I was doing that for a, a period of time, probably six to nine months, if I had to guess. Uh, and then after a while, I, I stopped. I just went like, I'm not feeling it anymore. The the rationality, the arguments, they'd, they'd lost some impact. But I'm obviously still interested in these books. This is, you know, almost the third one. Uh, related to this topic of altruism or donating in charities. Um, and I I would personally feel, I suppose, a little bit shallow if I'm I'm reading these, I'm making arguments, I'm, I'm putting obviously time and effort into doing a book review on them if I didn't follow through on it as well. So I've restarted uh, donating to charity because of that. Uh, it'll be about 1% of my monthly, uh, of, of my annual income pre uh pre-tax so it's not going to be you know a world changing uh, amount uh, but you know at least I'm, I'm making an effort and doing something so just uh just one of those things where it's like you know that i, I talked about ju- value judgments and doing in this book i i should i should fucking do it <laughs> so that's one right there um there was one thing though that that one came up with and which i thought was a poignant which was I wonder if they've thought on doing a, a study of the effectiveness of the effective altruism brand. So, for example, maybe people would donate to charities more, but because they're donating to these certain charities where they don't have that emotional impact to them, they end up donating less overall. I would probably imagine they've thought of this but if there was an actual study or some data to to prove that that would be nice and the other thing would they would you'd probably be able to argue is because the the charities that you're donating to are are so much more effective than any of the others uh then you know they might be i don't know 10 times more effective so you'd only need to do one tenth of the donation um for either duration or total amount and you'd still come out 
ahead or or equal so some arguments there to be made which are it's a it's a fascinating topic and you know this book gets right to the heart of morals and ethics so uh, lots of fun things there in summary it's a it's a bit of a conflicting read to be honest for me i on the one hand it's very logical and presents a whole lot of great arguments and data and then on the other hand i just noticed myself fighting against it somehow and it, it was a weird balance it was a weird mix of of reading and feelings as was going on uh i think it's a very good intro for those who haven't heard of effective altruism before lays it out quite nicely and hopefully will also make you um become a bit more of a um a, an effective altruist if you follow the the guidelines in here i suppose if you if you follow the the rationality and thinking behind it i hope this will uh, actually impact your decisions and and how you donate um and i suppose like it i feel it's like a book that almost needs to seek, sink in for a bit so if you read it and whilst reading it you're, you're finding yourself sort of i don't know fighting against it um I think that's a normal feeling. That's certainly what I had. And it's, but after a while, you know, I, I decided to donate and, and um, it did actually affect my decisions. So, and my, my real world, I suppose, you know, had some impacts in the real world because of that. And I like that. I like books that are, um, that you can take something out of and apply to your own life. I, I, I do like that. Uh, it's not ethics and morality. It's not just in your head. It's it's also how you apply that to the world. So overall, I'm going to give The Most Good You Can Do by Peter Singer a 7 out of 10. It's solid. It's a solid read. And that is it for today, my mere mortalites. Thank you for joining me to this part of the audio. What are your thoughts on effective altruism? Have you read anything by Peter Singer before? Do you donate? I would love to know any and all of these things. The best way to do that is to send in a boostergram to the poor and needy Chirons of, <laughs> of this world. Nah, you don't have to send in a big amount, but uh, I do appreciate the, the value that comes in. So if you wanted to answer any of those, go to newpodcastapps.com, choose one with value, um, Fountain, Curacaster, Castomatic, all of those are Podverse, all, all, all fantastic apps, Breeze. And uh, I really do appreciate um, the the value that that gets sent in to to any and all who um contribute to these book reviews it does uh, make a big difference to me and i um i really do appreciate it always read the the boostergrams out at the end of month book recaps as well so don't worry not they are being seen and other than that i really do hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are in the world karen out <laughs>